Good morning. Welcome to Mission View. My name is Matt. I'm uh, the lead pastor here at Mission View Church, and so glad you're here for worship with us this morning. If this is your first time here, um, hope you've enjoyed worship so far. Um, I know I have. I've been, uh, I was uh, gone the last two weekends. Um, the week before last, I was in Guatemala with our missions team. We took 13 people to Los Bordos, Guatemala, which is about five hours, um, five and a half hours or so outside of Guatemala City. It's east of Guatemala City. Uh, about a year and a half ago or two years ago, we partnered with World Help, a missions organization, to do what's called a village transformation. And um, so we are in the second year of a village transformation. Last year, we uh, dug a well and have a well for them. They have fresh water in their village for the first time. And this year, we went and renovated a school, helped put a new roof on a school and painted the entire school. Um, we helped with those things, and it was a really, really cool thing. Now, it's, it's nice to stand up here and talk about it, and I had heard about it ever since I moved here a little over a year ago, but to actually go there and meet the 80 families that we are supporting, giving water to, praying for, um, is completely different. It was an amazing time um, to meet all of those families. We went house to house, uh, went into their, their, their homes, which are mostly mud huts, and uh, prayed with their families. It was kind of funny. The first uh, part of the week that we were there, we walk in and we're like, does anybody live here? You know, there's nobody around. And, and you go door to door and the, the their, uh, huts have closed doors. And you, you kind of go in and they reluctantly let you in the doorway. And by the end of the week, we were walking up to this village. And we had, I don't know, probably 50 kids running down the street to us. I mean, it was, it was an amazing time, um, just a, man, a really powerful time to, to really put faces with this, this idea that we have called Los Bordos, or Village Transformation, or World Help, or Hope of Life, you know, the, the mission that we're at over there. So, um, man, it was great. We had a phenomenal time, and we're going to be talking about it more next weekend. So, um, and, you know, make sure that you make it next weekend. We're going to kind of show some pictures uh, Chris Durfler, the guy uh, who led the trip, he's on the missions team. Uh, he's going to share some things, and then um, maybe another one of the missions team pe people will share as well. So really excited about that. But I'm so glad to be back with you and to be sharing from God's Word. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 6. So, so go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're starting a, a new sermon series today called The Treasure Principle. And I was like, kind of torn on what we should be calling this, um, uh, this sermon series because it, it, there's a book out by Randy Alcorn called The Treasure Principle, and um, we handed out that book a long time ago, so many of you probably have copies of that and um, are familiar with it. If you don't have a copy of it, we have copies for you. For, for, uh, are they free, Kelly, before I say that? Yes, they are for free. You know, I was like, I'm going to say free, everybody's going to, but we have one for each family here today, so they're out at the welcome table as you came in, so feel free, if you don't have a copy of it, to grab one there. We're going to be going through that book in our community groups. Um, it's a great study on um, how we handle God's money, how we, how we handle our finances and what, what the Bible actually says about it. So uh, what we find out, though, is as we're, we dive into God's Word over these next few weeks, um, is that it has more to do with our hearts than it does our finances. And uh, what we're going to find out today is that 
Jesus makes it really clear that our heart and our finances are connected in some way. That the physical life that we live through and, and work through and go through, that, that it, is, it is undeniably connected to our spiritual lives as well. So um, let's dive into God's word, as, um, and I'll pray for us before we read um, verses 19 through 24. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can gather as your church God, we pray that the truths of your word would come out clearly. God, give me the words to say for your kingdom, for your glory, and for our good. Father, we just humble ourselves before you right now. We thank you for this time of worship in this air-conditioned building with a talented band and, and friends and family and, and donuts and coffee, uh, things that uh, Los Bordos doesn't have. And we are so thankful for those things, so we humbly uh, by your grace, come and ask that you would change us, that you would change us for your glory and give us your perspective, Father, not our own. Um, only you can do that through the power of your spirit. So we say we rely and depend on you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's dive into this in uh, Matthew 6, verse 19. Uh, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You might want to underline that phrase right there. For where your heart or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He goes on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's God's word for us today. The, the first thing I want to pull out of this text is this, and it's the first fill-in in your notes today. As you came in, you should have received a little program, and you can follow along in notes in there. The first fill-in is this, where you put your treasure is where your heart will go. Where we put our treasure is where our hearts will go. Now, when God talks about our hearts, he is talking about the things that drive us, the motivations behind our actions, the thoughts that capture our attention. There is, like I was talking about earlier, there's a spiritual side and a physical side to this conversation. The connection between faith and finances that God points out right here. Now, we may try to separate the two, but God clearly connects them. Jesus starts this whole thing out by saying this, don't store up treasures on earth. Just clearly states it. I mean, that, don't store up treasures on earth. Why? Because it's temporary. He says, moths and rust will this is going to waste away. And then there's thieves that can come in and steal. Don't store up treasures on earth because it's temporary. It's all going to burn one day. Now, as, as we go through Scripture, and I've, I've, I've said this before, but as we read through this book, 
over and over again, we see this theme, this idea of getting our minds off of temporary things and getting our minds on eternal things. We, we have this tendency, and God knows it, we have this tendency to be caught up in temporary things. Now, these temporary things are important, don't get me wrong. And they deserve our attention, right? We need to focus, we need to set a plan. We need to have a financial plan. We need to have a plan for our family. We need to have a future. We need to have things set up and, and, and systems and processes in this life that, that we would be responsible, right? But we have a tendency to dive into those things so much that they absorb, they just absorb our lives. We focus on them almost exclusively sometimes. We have this tendency to fall into this, this anxiety even as we're looking at our finances and we're looking at our kids in school and their grades and, and the, the, the sports they play or being a part of the drama team at school and doing all these different things. They can become just just take over our lives. And that's really what he's getting at is don't let these things absorb your life. Don't let the temporary take away from the eternal. This is really hard for us today because what we're really talking about is delayed gratification. There's this temporary, you know, and then the eternal, this long-term keeping our eyes on the prize. We live, we live in this... Um, instant gratification culture. I mean, we could jump on a plane like we did just a few weeks ago and go across the world and be there in, in 18 hours. Or, or, you know, if you want something to eat, you just throw it in the microwave for 30 seconds, man. You got, a, you got hot food, right? Now, we all struggle with this, right? This instant gratification idea. How many people here have sat at a red light or a green light with someone sitting in front of you in a stopped car reading their texts? Anyone ever struck? Any, do we have any honkers here? <laughs> any hawkers, right? No, we, we've all been there, right? We're, we're all, we're, we all get frustrated with these things. We want it. We want what we want. We know what we want. We want it right now. And um, just, yeah, just this past, <laughs> I'll tell on myself just a little bit, but this past trip we were uh, in Guatemala, we were all a little tired on the flight back, right? It was kind of a late, we had the red eye and we get into Miami. We have a long layover because we had to go through customs and different things. And all I wanted was a bottle of water. That's all I wanted. Sounds simple enough, right? So I go to the Pizza Hut in the, the Miami airport. No line. Nobody's there. I'm thinking, I'll just grab this water, check out. And as I grab my water, another lady jumps in front of the line. I mean, I'm like, that's okay, you know. I'll let her go, you know. And the l young lady behind the counter didn't speak any English. She spoke Spanish. And uh, the lady that was ordering her meal didn't speak any Spanish and spoke okay English. And so this conversation ensued that lasted nearly 15 minutes on why breadsticks didn't come with a combo meal. And hearing the conversation in Spanish and broken English, and I think she was Ukrainian or something, I don't know what other language was trying to happen, I became slightly impatient. But I stood back there sort of calm, but my blood was boiling, you know, and I was like, all I wanted was water, you know, and uh, so I, I get back, and, and I didn't say anything, but I, I get back to our group, and I forget who I, who I vented to, but I'm sorry, whoever you were, but I said, you, I can't believe I waited 20 minutes for a bottle of water, there was nobody in line, this lady didn't speak any Spanish, she didn't speak any, it was, but anyway, I was frustrated, 
We, we know what we want. We want it now. And we can get into this in our culture today, especially in America. We can get caught up in that. And the next thing you know, you know, we, we go to a restaurant and we think our food should be there in 15 minutes. And if it's not, we're not tipping. Right? This poor, overworked, <laughs> you know, doesn't have control of the kitchen waiter is struggling to make ends meet. And we're, we're frustrated because it took 45 minutes to get a meal we thought we should have in 30 minutes. Right? It's, it's easy for us to get, it's even unintentional sometimes, we just become accustomed to it, getting it when we want it. That's, that's one of the things we have to watch out for. That it's not about us. We can become the center, center of our world really quickly. Jesus is pointing out to us that this is really key in this text, is that we can actually direct our hearts. Are you following me on this? This is, gonna, this, is, this is key to our maturing and growing in Christ. Jesus gives us to us right here in this text. As we're growing and maturing, he says that we can actually direct our hearts. This is key for us. Three huge takeaways from the first part, the first couple of verses here. The first one is this. Don't store up treasures on earth because it's all going to burn. The second one is store up treasures in heaven because it is eternal and you will have those things for eternity. And the last one is we can actually direct our hearts or our affections with how we direct our treasure. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Matthew Henry said this, man takes great pains to heap up riches and they are like heaps of manure in the furrows of the field, good for nothing unless they be spread. It makes me think about the stock market. Now, I don't, I don't invest in the stock market or anything, but um. If I did, I would probably invest in Apple because I'm like an Apple guy. I'm one of those Apple nerds. iPhones, iPads. I'm preaching. I got my sermon on my iPad, my MacBook Pro, and all these different things. But if I did, if I invested in Apple, what do you think I would do? I would start watching the stock market. I'd start watching Apple's stock, right? I'd be like, oh, I'm doing good this week. That's great. They just came out with a new iPhone, and stocks are soaring. Woo! Right? And then I, I might go to my friends and say, hey, uh, what kind of cell phone are you using? Oh, Android. Oh, that's too bad. You should probably get an iPhone. Those things are awesome. Maybe even get an iPad. You know, I would, I would probably become a great Apple salesman. Because why? I'm investing in Apple. And, and when the stocks do well, those are great things. And I can have a great return on my investment. I'm going to tell people about Apple. Because Apple has all of a sudden become the best thing on the planet. And I just want everybody to know about it. You see where I'm going with this? What we invest in, our heart follows after. What are we investing in? Are we investing in the temporary? Or are we investing in the internal? Think about that. How does that translate to our spiritual lives? Passionate about those things. 
Jesus is drawing this line. Jesus is drawing this connection. Now, it would be easy for us to swing this pendulum too far the other direction. And, and I've heard a verse that, that's in, in the Bible misquoted so many times along these lines. And they would say something like this, that the money is the root of all evil. You ever heard that? Money's the root of all evil. They're misquoting 1 Timothy 6.10. Let me read it for you. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. This is a really difficult balance for us, isn't it? I mean, coming, it was funny that I was going to be preaching this text today after coming back from Guatemala. You know, you walk through Los Bordos, the village of Los Bordos, Guatemala, and it's mud huts and nothing. They have nothing. They're making tortillas, you know, and and trying to make ends meet, and, and we're here in our nice air-conditioned Hoover Hall, and we have Dunkin' Donuts and coffee, and, and praise God that we can enjoy those things. But we, ha- we take those things for granted so often, I think. It's, it's so it makes it hard for us to come to a healthy balance with such a grace and gift that God has given us. We have so much when other people have so little. The poorest people in our neighborhoods would be the wealthiest, the wealthiest by far in the village of Los Bordos. I think this, this is a key that we're going to be talking about as we work our way through some different texts on this is, is this. Everything we have everything, every penny in our bank account, every asset that we own, every, everything, every little bit of it, everything is God's. Everything. My kids, my house, retirement, my spouse, everything is God's on loan to us. And we are called to be stewards of what he has graciously given. I don't deserve, I didn't choose to be born in America. I probably didn't deserve it. I didn't didn't choose, you know, what I've been given. God has graciously given it to me. This idea should, should push us towards worship, being grateful for the grace and mercy of God and all that he has given us. It is all his and we are just stewards of his riches. Let's move on to verse 22. It says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Your second fill-in in the notes today is this. Be careful what you make valuable. We need to be careful what we make valuable. Did you know there's healthy eyes and unhealthy eyes? 
I'm not talking about cataracts or astigmatisms or some other eye problem that uh, Dr. Steve Hansen, who did our, our prayer time today, could help you with. Jesus is talking about spiritually healthy eyes and spiritually darkened eyes. I don't know about you, but as I read through this text, it, it seems like Jesus is really on a roll here. He's like, don't store up treasures in heaven or don't store treasures on earth. Store up your treasures in heaven. And then he jumps topic almost. It feels like he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. I'm like, are we, what, Jesus, what are we talking about here? Are we, are, we, are we talking about treasures on heaven, treasures on earth? Are we talking about our eyes? What's, what's, what's going on here? Uh, what we have to realize in Scripture when we see this kind of language, like eyes and ears, our senses, we need to know that it would have been clearly understood in the culture that these things, our eyes, our senses, our ears, all these things are inseparable from our hearts. There's a direct connection that they would have made immediately. There's no disconnect. Jesus is staying right on topic. He's flowing right through here. It all connects. Jews considered the eye to be the window of one's soul. It follows that what one allows into his or her mind and thought life produces desires, which in turn produce action, and it is one's actions or conduct that reveal what a person truly worships. We could read the verses that follow and put in heart for eyes. But Jesus is pointing out this direct connection. So, so if you're blind, you don't get a free pass here. Sorry about that. We can lust after and idolize the things we taste, the things we see, the things we hear and, and feel. Then these things can become idols in our hearts, taking the place that only Christ deserves. The scary thing is, these things that can become idols in our lives aren't, don't, aren't necessarily bad things sometimes. We, we can actually idolize good things. And when good things become God things, little g, when good things become God things, they become bad things or idolatrous things. John Calvin said that the heart, the human heart, is a perpetual idol factory. And there's a difference between seeing something and staring at something, appreciating something or coveting something, wanting something and lusting after a thing. We tend to mix up our words on this a lot. Like, I need, man, I need some ice cream, Right? Or, I need some Cheesecake Factory. Or, I, I need more money. Or, I, I need to be liked. Or, I need to be happy. Or, I need whatever. There's only one thing. There's only one thing the Bible says that we truly need. And that is Jesus Christ. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these other things, all these other things will be added unto you. Now think about that. Think about that for a second as we go through life and talk through life and we think about temporary things and we talk about eternal things. Now, here's, here's a, a really neat thing is that right after um, the text I read earlier, Jesus goes on and he talks about anxiety. And he says this, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, those things that we, we do need to actually live, eat and drink, 
what, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. And he goes on to say that God provides for them even. How much more will he provide for you? Do you see this direct connection of the things that are around us, the things that we think we desperately need, that are probably more things that we just desperately want? How our money, where we invest our money and put these things, our heart just goes after Don't let the created overshadow the creator. Don't think the gift is better than the gift giver. In Romans 1.25, it says this, Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. We have to be aware of this. And it's the third felony in your notes. There is a constant battle for our love and devotion. There is a constant battle going on for your love and devotion. And Jesus points it out in verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. He's talking about God and money. He makes it really clear. And he says... You will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. There is a constant battle going on in our hearts, in our lives, for our love and devotion, for our worship. Here's what it is. We, we were created, each and every one of us were created with a gaping hole in our hearts that can only be filled by our Creator, all of us. Maybe you're here today in church for the first time and you're, you're looking for something. Let me tell you right now, Jesus is what you are looking for. You can look to this world for fulfillment and joy and satisfaction and happiness and it will, all of it in this world will leave you wanting apart from Christ. But with Christ in our lives, we find ultimate joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment in Him. It's the only place that we can find it. But even when we go into relationship with Christ, Christians, hear me on this. Even when we're in relationship with Christ, there's this battle. There's an enemy that is tempting us and, and showing us things and saying, no, this is where you can find ultimate fulfillment. You need this job and this amount of money in your bank account and this future for your life. That's where you're going to find fulfillment. And God is saying, Jesus is saying today, no. That is not where you're going to find it. Your ultimate fulfillment can only be found in me. It can't be found in created things. It can only be found in the creator. And when we have God on the throne of our hearts, only then can we look at these created things and truly enjoy them and truly value them well and care for them well and steward them well and find happiness in those things. It's, it's good to find happiness in good things. It's great to find fulfillment in a God-glorifying marriage, a Christ-centered marriage. It's good to enjoy cheesecake. It's good to enjoy ice cream, as long as we're keeping it where it should be. It's okay. It's okay to have retirement and, and have finances and be blessed with finances. That God would graciously give you those things. But don't let it be Lord of your life. Don't store it up 
on earth, store it towards heaven, invest it in eternal things. Invest it in his kingdom. We have to find that healthy balance. And the only way we find that healthy balance is this. If we find ultimate joy, satisfaction, fulfillment in Christ first. Though our worship, the times that we come together and sing, the times that we come together open God's word, the times we gather in our community groups together and we, we seek to glorify God and have those, we're investing in those things. How we worship the Lord, how we worship the Lord will be a representation of what's ruling and guiding our hearts, what has captured our hearts. Okay, so, so some really hard questions. All right, I'm gonna ask you some really hard questions. When's the last time you went around promoting Jesus Christ as the best thing that's ever hit the world? Right? That's a hard question. Because we just go about our nine to five, right? We go to work and you put in the hours, we make the paycheck, we pay the mortgage, and then we do the whole thing over and over again. But like I said, if I'm investing in Apple, what am I doing? I'm going around telling everybody Apple's the best thing on the planet, right? That's a hard question. What's captured our hearts? What do we find ourselves talking about all the time, right? Hard questions. But these are necessary questions. Necessary questions for us. Because God doesn't want us just to stay the way that we are. You've heard, you'll hear me say it a million times. God loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. God has something better for you. He is growing us and changing us. It's this glorious thing called sanctification that he does through the power of his Holy Spirit. It's good news, trust me, that he's not going to leave you where you are right now. So we ask these hard questions because God is changing us and growing us. So when was the last time you shared with someone that Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever hit the planet? Right? Because he is. And we should be talking about him and sharing what God has done in our lives with the people that are around us. Jim Elliott said this. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And speaking of temporary things and eternal things, when you invest in changed lives, when you invest in the kingdom of of God, you are investing in eternity. And let me say this too. God doesn't want your money. God does not want your money. He wants your heart. That's what God's after. And here's what God knows. He knows there's a direct connection between the two. We live in a place in America where we can find security in health insurance, life insurance, car insurance, home insurance, my bank account, my savings account, my retirement account, my investment accounts. And we can be totally fine and secure leaning Resting on those things. Now, let me preface. Those aren't bad things. I'm not saying those are bad things. But what I, what I am saying is when we look at those things, 
for ultimate security and hope in our future. Because let me just say this, it could all be gone tomorrow, instantly. It's only by God's grace that we have those things. Where are we finding our security? God wants our hearts. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he would be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I did a little word study on that word, serve. And you could actually put in the word worship there. If you go back to the original language, the Greek language there, you could actually go back, I think it's Aramaic actually, you could actually go back and put in the word worship. You cannot worship God and money. Here's the good thing, though. Money can be taken away and can disappear overnight, right? We've all seen the stock markets and we've all seen those things just crash and go away. The Great Depression, history, and all those things tell us that it can all be taken away. Here's one thing that will never be taken away from you and that you can fully trust in and find security in, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never betray you. He has already given his life for you so that you could have life to the fullest in him. And he says, trust in me. Look to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, he says. Don't look to the created. Look to the creator. God is after our hearts. And that's good news. Amen. Well, that's a hard one, right? That's a, that's a, that's a hard text. I read that, and um, I can just tell you, as I studied through this and worked through this text, man, that is convicting, man. That's a, it's, it's a tough text. But, you know, we're about the Bible. We're going to go through whatever the Bible teaches, and we're going to work through these things. Let's say this. I don't, I don't want, ever want to go through hard text and have you guys leave here feeling all guilty and depressed about yourselves, right? This is an opportunity for us to grow, an opportunity for us to move forward and, and God to do a work in and through our lives. So don't, don't let a hard text take you down that road. A hard text should always lead us to Christ and his grace and his mercy. Because here's the reality is you cannot make the change that only the Holy Spirit can make in you. Let's just say that right now. It takes the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit to change my mind and my perception on the finances that God has graced me with. It's nothing I can say. It's nothing you can say or do. It is only by the power and the grace of God through his Holy Spirit. Now that's good news. He's the one who sanctifies us. We can take the practical steps of directing our treasures so that our heart will follow. Let us be an obedient people with that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Even when it's hard sometimes, even when it stings, Father, we want to be an obedient people. We want to look at your word and let it direct our lives. So, Father, we surrender to you. And God, I pray that even now your Holy Spirit would do a work that only you can do in my heart, in the hearts of everyone listening here at Hoover High and and on live stream, and the people joining us from all over. Father, we pray that you would change us, that you would grow us, that you would sanctify us. 
God, I pray that you would give us the ability to find hope, to find ultimate joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment in you, Father. None of these created things are meant to be ultimate. Only you are, Father. So we surrender to your will, to your purpose, and we say, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen.